This is Two Nerds in a Joke with Robert and Ernie. Hey, thanks, disembodied hot girl voice. This is Two Nerds in a Joke with Robert and Ernie. I'm Ernie. And I am the recently shaven Robert. Uh, that's a bad mental image to give people. <laughs> <laughs> face. I shaved my face. I got rid of my beard. That's all. It's not anything more. And, Stop it. And to preface it, I had no involvement with any of that. Okay. <laughs> he is solely responsible. Uh, yes, very much and completely. But today is an, an exciting day for all of our movie fans oh, out yes, there because yes. we have what I would like to call a movie connoisseur uh, with us today. Oh, um, watch out. That was This is a family show robert watch out with the words i know the kind of sewer right yeah. so it's it's so naughty um we have phil with us and he is an author uh, who wrote a book i believe out of his love of movies um calls jesus loves movies and he really has built kind of a a, a book that really kind of takes movies and puts them into a spiritual context that kind of fit with his life if i can speak that if that's correct phil yeah absolutely mm-hmm. um so tell us a little bit obviously it's all about movies what kind of got you inspired to say, I want movies to be something that I talk about in this book and how it relates to my personal life, my religious beliefs, and all the rest of it? How did you just wake up one day and just say, you know what? I'm going to write a book. <laughs> it was never like that. Um, it started from a deep, dark place in my life. Uh, I went through something tragic, and I started writing. And I actually started I watching. I started watching uh, tons of movies. Uh, the first one that I just... I started to watch was the Count of Monte Cristo. I must have watched that like twice or three times in a row. Uh, just I was just constantly just glued uh, to just watching movies, and especially the Count of Monte Cristo. I was really relating with Edmund during this really dark time in my life where I felt like I faced a lot of injustice, and it was just really helpful for me in that time in my life. I started writing and writing and writing. Uh, eventually it became a book. I never thought it would become a book. That wasn't my aim, but I just started writing and I felt like I was really getting a connection between movies and my life. So. Now, did you include your first, was your first book, The Count of Monte Cristo, or is it even in your final book? Yeah, The Count of Monte Cristo is in uh, Jesus Loves Movies. Um, that was probably the most influential uh, movie that, that's, in the, that's in the book. Now you've been you've been obviously watching movies for quite a while. When you went through this list, did you like? Was it really just kind of like? Is it kind of a book of a blog that just kind of came to life for you? <laughs> Where you were watching this movie, you're like you know what that really fits, and this is what I got from it. Or did you have to like pick movies because it's thirty movies? It's not mm-hmm. right. It's thirty. Yeah, it's thirty movies. That's a lot uh, of movies. I mean. Originally, I had a little bit more than what I do have, you know, in the final product. I realized that there were certain movies that their messages were just so direct that I didn't really have to write about them. But then there were certain movies that there were messages that, you know, people didn't really connect with or people didn't even know existed in the movie. So um, that that's what really drove me to choose these specific movies, these 30 movies, and really tone it down. Uh, to these these 30 movies. 
So I have a question for you regarding the Mount Monte Cristo. Sorry about that. Um, Did you read the book at all before the movie Mm -hmm. or was it something like, because there's been so many different versions of it. I know there's, Mm -hmm. there's an earlier version of the movie. I want to say like Mm -hmm. from the seventies or sixties. And Mm -hmm. then there was a later version with Christian Bale in it. Are you talking about the one with Christian Bale? Um, I'm talking about the one with uh, in 2002 with Jim Caviezel. I'm sorry, um, I get the two confused. Yeah, Jim, Jim, Jim Caviezel. <laughs> like put it, yeah. Uh, he he also played Christ in the Passion, um, and he just, but he was so good um, in uh, the Count of Monte Cristo. I just I really connected with him, and I really, in my opinion, the 2002 version it's the most up to date. It's the one that I can connect with the most, and it has a great message as well. Yeah, and a lot of people. I remember when the movie came out. I was like, "Wow, they're they're doing this one again. Like they're pulling this way out." But I, yeah. um, but for what I saw, like the the ensemble cast that they got together and the way mm-hmm. it kind of moved, it really did feel like the book come to life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Now, the other thing you did is you also did some predictions of movies for the future. So I want to talk about that a little bit about how yeah, they absolutely. they actually outline for you before i get there out of all the movies in this in this book and the meaning mm-hmm. they have for you yeah catamani crisco obviously is the biggest influencer it's a big one yeah. yeah what are some of the other ones that like give me another like two uh, movies that you picked from that for this that really kind of you know you pick 30 but these are kind of mm-hmm. those crucial ones for you mm-hmm um there's one that comes to mind. Uh, it's really, really close to my heart. It's a film that a lot of people haven't seen. Um, it's an indie film, but it's got some fantastic actors in it. It's The Place Beyond the Pines. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen Place Beyond the Pines. Um, fantastic. Uh, Ryan Gosling, Bradley Cooper. Uh, it's just such a good movie. Um, and it just really shows... There's a lot of elements to it. There's a lot in this in, in this movie. There was a lot I could have wrote about, but there was this specific situation that you know I really connected with, um, especially with Ryan Gosling's character and uh, Bradley Cooper's character. Um, and it's just, yeah, it was just one of those movies that I just really, really connected with. He he was dealt with a lot of injustice in his life, and uh, yeah, that was that was definitely. That's definitely there. The Babadook as well. Um, that's a horror movie. Uh, a lot of people haven't seen it. I think it's still on Netflix, but it's an Australian film. Um, another underrated film. A lot of people haven't seen it, but one of the best horror movies. I'm a huge horror fan, um, and I think it really goes over incredible themes of grief and like how to process grief and how to go through it. Uh, I think it does that really well. So. It's hard to do that with a horror movie too because you're so used to the jump scares and you're used to it being just scary that it it sometimes gets hard to get into those movies and say, oh, well, it's actually about these emotions, but it's a horror movie. Yeah. Because you're going through mm-hmm. these different genres and you're saying, okay, there's a heartfelt moment or it's a human drama or it's showing tragedy or it's showing how injustice works mm-hmm. and those types of motifs. But with a horror film, it sounds it's almost seems like most of the time they're just trying to jump scare you and they don't really put a lot of mm. thought into the actual story. Is that what kind of right. makes this I, one different for you? Yeah, I think there are different avenues of horror movies. There are certain horror movies that definitely, you know, people go to and they want to be in a safe environment in a movie theater just to get scared. And, you know, I think 
there's 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 all points for everybody you know if you enjoy that then you enjoy that there are certain people that can't stomach you know horror movies but i really do think that horror movies have the potential to bring you to the deepest places um that's just my personal opinion um like in the case with the babadook there's tragedy there's something uh absolutely horrific that happens and you know overcoming that is one of the big parts of the movie and i just i really like when true horror movies go there and it's it's really means a lot to me when they go there so now are now do you make the distinction between horror and and thriller movies you know that or do you do you find yourself kind of like you know melding those two together that's a good question um i would say horror like the the main base of horror for me um is always something that deals with trauma there's always something that deals with like deep deep trauma um you know and and especially with the Babadook, uh, with Split as well. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen M. Night Shyamalan Split. Yes, seen that one. Um, yeah, so Kevin Wendell Crumb, literally a character that's been driven from a place of trauma. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, thriller and horror, I think there are different, there are different avenues for both. But, um, you know, I definitely relate horror with something that has to do with something incredibly traumatic that the character uh, experiences. Yeah. And split really does kind of show how that works. I don't know if you've seen the sequel yet uh, for that gla- gl- glass. I think it is. Yeah. I haven't. Yeah. Oh yeah, my. Mixed things, oh my God. I gotta check it out. Yeah, definitely. And that whole series of, of, of movies really goes to places that you're like, are very unusual for, for, for that genre, whatever genre you could call it. It's not really a superhero movie at the end of the day. It's, it's just a human drama. Um, and it yeah. really deals with a lot of emotions. And there's a lot of movies out there that does that. Now, one of the ones I saw in there that I thought was kind of interesting is you picked a, uh, on, a, on a, you picked out a couple of Pixar movies um, for, mm-hmm. on the list. Um, you picked out mm-hmm. uh, Wreck It Ralph, which mm-hmm. is a very interesting choice. And I think I saw was it Toy Story? Did you have that in there too? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Go through that for those two because that's that's not somebody something that someone would typically say. Oh. It's a cartoon. It's it's just a cartoon. I know personally, mm-hmm. I, I cried at parts of, of Toy Story two because it's all about kids. And me and Ernie both, we have kids, so we we mm-hmm. know that feeling. But well, what, what really yeah. what really drove you to say those animated flicks? Those really pick something for me out of there that really means mm-hmm. something. Yeah, for me personally, I mean those two movies, Toy Story. Um, it was when I was a little kid. I would I would watch that movie all the time. And I just felt an instant connection to that movie, Wreck-It Ralph. As I was in college, you know, I saw Wreck-It Ralph, and I connected with that as well. It almost brought me back to that childlike um, nature, and it was really nice to see that. But to, with Toy Story, um, a lot of what Woody goes through is Woody goes through a lot of rejection, and he goes through a lot of rejection in the form of another person, you know, entering his space. He's supposed to be the favorite one. He's supposed to be the one that you know, Andy is always around and he's supposed to be Andy's favorite and dealing with these, um, you know, pains of rejection, uh, kind of brings Woody to a mad place. And, um, that's, that's a lot of what I went through there, um, with, uh, Wreck-It Ralph, you know, he's, he's a guy that just honestly wants to be accepted. He's just going out there and he just wants to be accepted by people. He just wants to be accepted by the nice landers 
when Fixit Felix Jr. is he's he's got the party going on and everything, and and there Wreck It Ralph is, you know, just uh, in, in a blanket filled with rubble um, on his own, feeling outcasted away from society. And I think it's so important to show that his acceptance was also found in somebody who was also rejected, Vanellope. And Vanellope uh, was labeled a glitch. She was labeled. And I think it's it's really important to see that, you know, people who understand you, you know, if you've been rejected, um, they can they can bring acceptance to you. So, so um, I, I haven't had a chance to look at the list yet. Um, so you went to, in a couple directions what on your list do you have any sci-fi on your list uh star wars ah which one or are we uh, just the making these uh, which one empire ah okay my favorite movie of all time <laughs> yeah. how did how does how did that movie like like uh, i guess uh like bring out those emotions how did that movie do that i mean luke had uh daddy scars and you know i think uh just a lot like in life, a lot of people can relate to, to Luke because he felt abandoned. He, he didn't even want Darth Vader to be his dad and um, just kind of exploring that even more. And, you know, like I said, you know, well, I'm a faith-based guy and I like to look at, um, there, there's this one verse that I put like right in front of the Star Wars um, area, like in the book. And it just shows that the father, like God is, is, filled with like lights you know what i'm saying and he's like a god of light and it just it's it was a fun correlation you know bringing the two together because here's a dad that brought so much pain to luke and he was dark you know and and so that was something that i was exploring i feel like um you know it's it's something to talk about especially because there are a lot of people that have been hurt by their dads and uh, felt alone felt rejected by their dads and it's it's just going there and you know, I think these films go there. So, and there's a lot of emotions when because I mean, we all have issues with with family in our lives, and I think a lot of us mm. can relate to some of those things. Like you know, uh, whether it's a father issue or mother issue, whatever it is, and you can kind of mm-hmm. connect with that and see through it. And it's kind of cool to me. Can you, so you're you're taking these 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 Bible verses, I'm assuming Psalms, things mm-hmm. like that, and you're basically showing either how they correlate directly with the movie or how they are the opposite of like you're talking about the light and his father was the darkness and how you can mm-hmm. kind of contrast the two of how you know mm-hmm. in, in your belief system is that the god's the light and this and this is how you see it and in this movie he's the dark and they're both the yeah. father you know and do you do the contrast more often in the, in the 30 that you do or are you more coral or is it kind of a mixed bag i would say it's a mixed bag Um, but it was funny, you know, as soon as you were saying that I was reminded of, uh, you know, this conversation I was having with one of my friends and, uh, you know, there's like a fill in the blank portion, you know, in the book, uh, where it's, it's during the the star Wars portion. And, you know, when Darth Vader says, obviously the quote, the famous quote, Luke, I am your father. And then then Luke screams, no, you know, and all this stuff. Um, there's like this fill in the blank moment where I put, um, you could fill in your name and then it's, you know, I am your father. I love you. I'm going to be with you and I care for you. Um, you know, and, and putting God in that moment. And one of my friends, he'd said something really funny and he was just like, 
you know, what a response that would be instead of no, that would be like, yes. <laughs> so. Yeah. What a different story <laughs> that would have been, right? If he would have been like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But then all those t shirts they have of uh, Darth Vader with his happy kids would really be true because I know Ernie. <laughs> one of those uh, um yeah. but i i want to go the other the other piece of it is is you you did you did a blog as part of your mm-hmm. page that you built for the book but you did a blog in addition about movies for 2019 and kind of a a mini predi- mini prediction list mm-hmm. and i was curious you know you finished and you published and this book went out you said october 2018 right yeah so mm-hmm. you finished the book and you've seen the trailers and you've seen some stuff probably at this point. And mm-hmm. then 2019 rolls around. You've, you've done your blog. It was, uh, I think, February you did your blog. First, just generally, did you feel there was something, now that you've probably seen most, if not all of them, any movies in that group that you're like, I really should have put this in the book. This really hit home for me. Because mm-hmm. your list is all over. I mean, you got everything from Detective Pikachu to uh, uh, Endgame to Shazam. I mean, you cover everything <laughs> was there one that you're just um, like i need to put that in the book <laughs> uh that's a good question um i feel like with what i made with this book um since it's such a precious thing to me and since i feel like a lot of my heart went into this it's kind of difficult to see myself because i have been asked this question before um, it's kind of difficult to see myself conjuring this up again. Um, I don't necessarily know that, you know, I would I would go down this path again of writing this same type of book um, because I don't want to just put something out there just to put something out there. You know what I'm saying? I want something that I put out there to be creative, to be from my heart. And I don't know that there have been there have been movies obviously that have spoken to me like Shazam was absolutely fantastic. Uh, I really liked Shazam and and the themes in that detective Pikachu. There were some cool themes in that too. Us was really nice. Um, A little mind bending, not, not many crazy themes in us, but um, yeah, I mean, I I guess I would, if that answers your question, um, that's, that's kind of where I would go. So you're, you're, you wouldn't necessarily do a another book like this you're saying but you're thinking about maybe doing something different would you write again and would you feel i mean would you base it on the success of this or would you write something else because you felt passionate about it and really want to you know is there another project in your inside you that you really want to get out at this point or are you just kind of basking in the glow of this and just kind of taking this all in right now i'm definitely taking this all in i honestly feel very shocked at you know the amount of recognition that this book has received the amount of people that have been impacted by it i mean it's been in like so many barnes and noble stores and you know it's it's been really overwhelming uh, in that sense and it's been really cool um i do have a few things that i have been thinking about in terms of stories you know, Stephen King says it best when there's a story in your head, it constantly bothers you <laughs> and you're like almost obsessed with it. So there are stories that I think about. There are things that I think about um, that I want to bring out. I just don't necessarily know the next step in terms of that and, you know, where where it would go or what would happen. But I'm just taking it day by day and, and just uh, I am writing just a couple projects, but um 
nothing in relation to to this book. Well, let me ask you this, and this is just purely hypothetical. Let's just say, you know, somebody over there in in Hollywood gets a hold of it and they want to like do they want to take your your idea and run with it and they want to assign a director to it and you could pick any director that's currently doing stuff today. Who would you pick? Scott Derrickson. Oh. <laughs> that came oh, really quick. <laughs> yeah. I love Scott Derrickson. Um, I think he's fantastic. I mean, he's been really busy. He's doing writing projects with uh, uh, Robert C. Uh, Cargill, um, which he's working on another project. And then he's also working on Doctor Strange. So he's he's a busy man. But I mean, I, I really look up to that guy. Uh, he, he helped me a lot with film and with understanding film. Um, but yeah. Probably Scott Derrickson. <laughs> <laughs> is it is it just is, is it just everything about him, or is it like something in particular? Uh, or I just really like the way he um, analyzes film, the way he um, creates film, and that his his whole mentality is: if you're going to make a complex story, you better make the character simple. If you're going to make uh, complex characters, you better make the story uh, simple. So that's his whole mentality, and. <laughs> And it's really been, I don't know, he's, he's, he's a great guy. Um, he's directed some of my favorite movies. He's directed Sinister, which is one of my favorite horror movies. And um, yeah, he's, he's a great guy. Well, this, this has been great so far, and we're going we're gonna to do more. I want to talk more movies about some of the movies that you put on your list that haven't come out yet and see, based on the new trailers, what you're, what you're thinking of. Um, but before we do that, I just want to remind everybody to check us out. If you're listening to us now, then obviously I'm really hoping you're listening to us on PodCoin because if you aren't, you should be. Um, PodCoin really has helped support us and get us out there, our message out there, and the messages of our guests out there um, to hundreds and hundreds of people every week. So we really want to thank them and podcoin really helps you guys out too one of the great things about podcoin is you can actually earn podcoins which is their money and basically you can use that to either buy yourself stuff if you want or you can truly be a good person and they have a lot of charities that they help donate to so every time you listen to a podcast any podcast on podcoin of course we prefer it's us um you will get podcoin money and you'll be able to use that to give money to charity of your choice also, we're going to take a quick commercial break here, and we're going to talk, of course, about our other sponsor, Anchor, um, and then we'll be right back after this brief message. Seamless transition. And we return in all of our glory with Phil, the author of Jesus Loves Movie, um, and a brief stint as a blogger. Um which we're, we're kind of talking about your, the movies that you were predicting for, uh, your opinions about, some of which haven't come out yet. The big one mm-hmm. on your list was, of course, and, and everybody's lips right now, is Joker. Mm. They're talking already about it being uh, – it's done the rounds at like the, the independent film festival Sundance, and they are mm-hmm. talking – it's like the movie of the decade. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you believe the hype? Are you really thinking it's going to be as good as they say? And do you think there's going to be some themes in it that you're going to really be able to connect with? I think – have you ever seen You Were Never Really Here? A long time ago. Yeah, that's an older one. you seen it with Jacqueline? Yeah, that's – wow. That's going back. Yeah, um, that's a fantastic movie, and I think um, it paints the picture of what uh, Phoenix can do and his potential in terms of um, – 
acting, I think it's going to be fantastic. I, I can't wait for Joker. Um, I think it's going to own all of October and, you know, even, even be there um, until like around Thanksgiving as well. I think it's going to be fantastic. I'm super, I'm super excited. I can't wait. Actually, I forgot. Yeah, that movie. I thought that movie came out a lot earlier than it did. That's 2017. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was on Amazon Prime. I think a a Prime exclusive. Uh, I think they released it, released it limited in theaters and then on on Prime. I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch that because yeah, that one's that was kind of crazy. Um, it's a really it's a really dark uh, movie, mm-hmm. a really dark theme, and that seems to be something that you're very. I'm not sure if the tractitude is the right phrasing, but it seems something you definitely definitely res, kind of resides with you that you really resonates with you uh, very deeply. Um, oh yeah. Um, with the trauma you have, and with the movies, do you find and you kind of talk about this a little bit? Uh, I'm assuming a lot more in the book, but you talk about this a little bit in some of your interviews that you've done in other places uh, that you find movies a, a catharsis for you. Um, hmm. is that something that you continue to find or do you find that with some movies they just don't have that same thing how do you how do you go through that process of picking a movie is this going to be something that's going to be catharsis <laughs> or is this going to be just plain stupid do you go to the stupid movies just because you can <laughs> uh, I'm not constantly like always like analyzing and like all that stuff sometimes I'll just turn my brain off and put on Hobbs and Shaw you know and just watch uh <laughs> You know, something that, yeah, that's, that's fun. Um, but honestly, movies are so creative and, and the people who create movies are very creative and they have a way of um, bringing your emotions out. And I think, I think movies are so powerful. They're such a powerful art form. And when a movie touches me, you know, emotionally, um, it's, it's hard to forget about it. So when when it comes to movies, um, just out of curiosity, is it, you know, some people have their preferences. Um, some people just like sticking with the the standard, whatever Hollywood puts out. Some people perform the more independent route, you know, the off Hollywood things. What what uh, what type of style or what type of line do, do you tend yourself most going towards? That's a really good question. Um, there are a lot of people uh, – that I'm friends with, uh, like a lot of film lovers as well. <laughs> and, uh, I, I like listening on, listening in on what they're watching too. Um, and I think that the buzz, uh, from them is kind of, that's kind of where I, where I tend to go. Like you were never really here. Not many people have seen it. Um, the Babadook, uh, that was just something that, um, a lot of people, horror fans were obsessed about. And I was like, I need it. I need to check this out. And it's on, it's an Australian independent film. And the same thing, A Place Beyond the Pines, that was a limited release, but it's absolutely fantastic. It's an independent film. But of course, I have a love for Star Wars, for anything Marvel, um, because it's just great. You know, people put so much energy, they put so much love into it. There are so many people working on just one movie. And I just, I have appreciation for all types of movies, um, no matter if they get trashed on Rotten Tomatoes, I feel so bad for them, um, but I'll watch that movie, you know, because people have put a lot of work, a lot of sweat, a lot of tears into that project, and, you know, you got to respect that. It almost sounds to me like you're kind of almost in line to kind of make a movie at some point. Like, 
you have the right kind of mentality oh, wow. that you could you could do a short film or something because you have the passion oh, for it. I'm just, <laughs> but it almost sounds like you have like an in that you you know like the people in this industry, you know people who know people, kind of thing. Is is that something you thought about? I don't. I don't really know. Um, I don't really know people. <laughs> I mean, no, I, I know, but I, it sounds like you're just in comfortable way. in that world. You know that you. Could, uh, it, know yeah, you just feel like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna make a movie. It's still okay. Don't worry. I think it's it's really awesome for you to say that because I really have like a lot of passion for film. I think anything is possible, and you know, with with the way that my life kind of went, I thought I was going to go down a specific path. It was a comfortable path. It was a path that was going to just I was just going to chill. I was just going to relax, and then all of a sudden, everything got taken from me. And then I wrote this book, and it inspired me a lot because it got me to almost wake up and realize that anything is possible that no matter what dreams you have no matter what is going on in your life like you can do it and for you to say that it could happen you know and and there's there's a possibility for for that to happen but um i mean i appreciate that yeah no i just i just felt you're just so passionate you you seem to have a good at least from the couple of the couple of pages I saw, and I'm gonna, I have, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to look, listen to the, listen to the audiobook as well on it. But yeah, yeah. Um, it sounds like you have a, a deep insight, and you can really kind of see those stories. So if you, if you had a pick, if you could make a movie, right? And you can oh, say yeah. tomorrow, All right, I'm going to make a movie. Would you take some of those classic storylines and redo them, or do you think you'd have a storyline you'd be able to like? This is something I want to do. Like, yeah, I mean like Jordan Peele and the way that he uh, wrote a lot of stories and he had them kind of locked up, like get out. He wrote that. Um, I think, I think he wrote that about like 10 years ago, 12 years ago. And, you know, it released, uh, released like two years ago. So there, there are projects that I think about. There are things that I think about. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I would definitely say, there's there's something there you're 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 tapping on something <laughs> i'm tapping on something <laughs> real uh ernie, ernie and i have tried to do a couple things but uh yeah yeah we get it always gets stuck in development early stages is usually what happens yeah. it, it's all about characters and, and that's kind of a large mm. part of what you've talked about here is, is you're taking mm. a, a lot of when we we talked to a few we've talked to a few authors here and there but for you what makes it unique is that you're not talking just about the character. You're really kind of talking about specific relationships and a lot about mm-hmm. the loss and how it, you can kind of echo that into the movies you've seen. Mm-hmm. Have you gotten yeah. that way with any other medium? Like, have you gotten like in that way in like books or uh, mm-hmm. other other things that really have kind of connected in the same way? Or is it really just for some reason just the big screen, the popcorn, the whole experience has got you? It's really interesting. It's been a lot of a lot of movies, honestly, that have led me to, um, you know, analyze and think more. I'm a very visual person. Um, I love reading. I really do. I, I'll go to Barnes and Noble and I'll just sit there for hours, just getting lost in a book. But I feel like I, I get lost more in a book and, and just like I'm put in this place and, and wherever the author wants me to be. Um, and I love that part of reading. But I wouldn't say I necessarily analyze more when it comes to um, a book. I, I, I say I, I definitely like it's more relaxing. It's, it's more um, escapism type of thing. Um, 
but with with a film I, I really get engaged i'm a visual person and and yeah now, Robert and I, on a couple of episodes, we've we've gone back and forth about this, even with some of our our audience. Um, the influence that the internet has on movies and books and things of of that nature. Um, what are your thoughts on today's world with the internet? Is it is it helping this medium or is it hurting this medium? <sighs> That's a good question. Um, so the whole Rotten Tomatoes thing, I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, that and trolls. Yeah. And trolls. <laughs> yeah. I mean, people see how Sonic looks and, oh man, we got to change Sonic. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I feel like people like to have their opinions and, and, and opinions are great. Um, criticism, film criticism is really good because it gets you to think of things. And I've heard of so many stories of directors who've said, oh man, if I would have remade my movie, I totally would have done this. And, you know, they, they think about like all these things, but like I said, there are so many people working on these projects and Hellboy is a great example. So Hellboy got trashed, you know, on Rotten Tomatoes and I, I still haven't seen that film. I want to see it. I know that there have been so many people that have worked on that movie and I want to check it out because uh, a lot of people poured their time into it. Um, I, I honestly don't think that there are people that are like, hey, let's let's make a bad movie or or let's make a movie that's going to make people upset. I think there are people that are literally working their butts off um, for a living so that they could uh, you know make these movies, and that's very respectful. That's very honorable, and I want to be able to watch those movies no matter uh, what people think about them. Um, it's difficult too because you look at Rotten Tomatoes and you create your own presuppositions and you're just like all right this movie's gonna be good or it's gonna be bad welcome to marwin i loved welcome to marwin um it didn't do well in terms of you know critics reviews everybody was saying it was it had too much exposition i loved welcome to marwin i thought it was great i saw it on my birthday and it spoke to me you know it spoke to that place of trauma so and that one kind of slipped out of theaters too, because that actually was mm-hmm. a really unique concept for a movie of how someone dealt, going back to the topic at hand a little bit here, with tragedy mm-hmm. uh, and PTSDs yeah. more specifically, I think, to a larger larger mm-hmm. extent. Um, and how through through toys, he built this world for himself and how he was able to kind of uh, get into the real world through his fantasy. And yeah. I saw it and I was like, oh, I really want to see that. And the next thing I know, where'd it go? It yeah. just disappeared. <laughs> I was like, what the heck happened? I wanted to see it and it's gone. Yeah. And, and then you have movies like, I mean, you know, not to not to play favoritism, but, you know, you have the Marvels like the Endgame who's like, well, we're going to come back into theaters mm-hmm. because we have 13 extra seconds of – I'm like, bring back Marwin. Bring back the <laughs> guys who don't get a chance. Um, and a lot of those stories get lost because there are good stories. Mm-hmm. You're saying there's just so many times you look at like the complete list of movies that are supposed to come out every year, and you're mm-hmm. like, I'm never going to watch all of these. And then you go to theaters wow. and try to watch some of the more interesting ones. It seems to be what your focus is, which is a lot of what you do is you watch those really underdog films, if you will, that don't get all the attention that are really good. Mm-hmm. They disappear so fast, mm-hmm. and you're like, I wow. never can find them again. And, and it, it seems yeah. like a lot of the, the Rotten Tomatoes and the trolling and, and the market of it, the, mar- the, the, the huge market, the beast of it, really kind of gets in mm-hmm. the way of those little stories getting out there. Right. Yeah, no. 
well, we also saw that recently with with Solo, right? You know, it was mm. so much news on Solo before it even came out on yep. how much trouble it was in and yep. how people were saying it's not really good. And they brought in like they threw out the Lord and Miller, who were really good mm-hmm. in the Jump Street and also in the Lego franchise. And they were just like, uh, you know, leaked, quote unquote, leaked. I think it was done by the studio themselves. Um you know, to create some sort of buzz, but Ron Howard came in and he, you know, he kind of said, you know what, it wasn't much that I had to do with this. So he, he has experience with sci-fi and fantasy before anyways, he came Mm -hmm. in and I thought it was a good movie what he put out. However, I think the internet and social media puts such Mm -hmm. a stigma on it. And Mm -hmm. I think there was a concerted effort to have people not go to prove a point and yeah absolutely and i think i and it's just my personal opinion i think now with everything becoming so available whether it be streaming or through the phones i'm kind of Mm -hmm. worried that we're going to lose that uh that feeling of you know just going to the movies seeing what's playing and pick a movie wow you know that's what i think is going to eventually happen that's crazy I love Solo. Yeah, and, and that's the thing is, is again, it's it's kind of a big franchise, small story that everybody kind of knows what happens, but it kind of got lost in their own faulty marketing, and that seems to be a lot of the problems that a lot of these smaller movies have is is getting the marketing that really gets them out there and get them in front of people who need to see them, and that's the biggest thing that we want to see is yeah. like we want to see these little stories get out there, but you got to have the money behind it to do it, unfortunately, mm-hmm. and sometimes coming up with that's the hardest part, and it's it sucks. So I want to give yeah. you a chance here because yeah. we've been doing this for a while, but I want to give you a chance to really kind of talk about your book and what it means to you and what people can get mm-hmm. out of it. Because when I read about what you can, how the book is supposed to be, if you will, used, you have a couple different ways that it, people should be using it. So because it gives me a little insight of how, how this book can be used by people, not just something that they read, but actually has like a almost an interactive component, you would say? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Jesus Loves Movies, it's, you know, labeled, well, I wouldn't even put a label on it. Um, it's a book that literally, it's, it's my heart on, on pages, and it's got 30 movies to help people, to help people spiritually, emotionally, psychologically, and it helped me a lot, and it's been helping a lot of people, and uh, it's it's been an honor, honestly, to see um the responses, the stories of, of people um, being helped by this book. And, you know, I'm getting a little emotional talking about it. But um, it's really crazy to see that I came from a place of where I was and, you know, had a lot of things taken from me. And then I wrote this book. And I, I just want to encourage anybody that, you know, if you're going through anything, um, to go through it. And, and to realize that whatever you go through, um, you can use that as fuel towards being creative. And honestly, that's that's what happened with Jesus Loves Movies. It is interactive. Uh, you can read it all the way through, or you can take your time with it. And uh, yeah, that's, that's in a nutshell. And you can you can <laughs> get you, you can get the book now in physical Barnes and Nobles or definitely. Yeah, yeah, it's all throughout oh, wow. okay, um, great. the United States. Um, it, 
it's going to fill up um, for the holidays most likely by September. Wow, well, I'm going to have to go out and I'm going to go have to go and physically get it in um, the store then because I thought that that's great. It's so hard to find books in Barnes and Noble <laughs> these days. I, I tell you, they have like six books. It feels like. Yeah. Um, also through your site too, <laughs> uh, you can get a direct link from it. Um, just, literally, all I had to do was just mm-hmm. type in "Jesus loves movies" and six links directly to the book or to your blog or your website came up for me. Very easy to find. We'll include it in the uh, mm-hmm. the uh, description of this show, actually, uh, a link to go get it as well so you guys mm-hmm. can get that. Because, look, movies help people get through some rough times, and I think you finally have done what people have been asking for and never really realized they needed, if you will, which is a book that says, here's some movies mm-hmm. that can get you through and show you how to overcome some, some trauma in your life. And this is the ones I picked. You may have your own. But this is a good start, and you kind of uh, show them how to start that process of healing, and that's that's really cool. So I'm yeah. gonna I'm definitely gonna be listening to yeah. it. I've definitely gone through some things in my life. I know Ernie has, so we're gonna check it out and definitely listen to it and spend some time with it and definitely promote it. Um, we're gonna come up on a, another episode next week or two, and we're gonna try and get one where we actually talk to each other for for a rare instance and uh, kind of talk about some of the things that have really touched us that we've listened to and talked to about some of our guests, including you, Phil. So I really appreciate this. Um, you coming on and talking about this with us appreciate and you guys. it's a hard thing to talk about, you know, especially when it's so passionate, like what you're saying to yourself. Um, so we appreciate that. And mm-hmm. we're definitely going to promote the hell out of it for you. So you can get uh, able to, to get the really, mo- the, the meat and the money to do your next project and do more creative awesomeness. Uh, <laughs> you guys are awesome it was an absolute pleasure uh you know sharing my story with you guys yeah no uh, absolutely it goes both ways we we love some we love talking to people who are really passionate about the things that they love so that's really cool um and if you guys are following us follow us on youtube uh twitter instagram facebook youtube all the usuals um obviously listen to our podcast as you are now today anchor uh, PodCoin and all the rest. We're on every podcast place you can get, and this episode will be on all those as well. So tell your friends. Um, get the book "Jesus Loves Movies" from uh, Phil. You see those on Amazon.com and in Barnes and Nobles. And Ernie, as a literary and movie buff that you are, give us an out that makes everything all right. Peace out. Peace out, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. And that's another episode of Two Nerds and a Joke. Follow Robert and Ernie on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to their YouTube channel.